BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenzi, the pips, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust them, and everybody else uh, in between. Um, the countdown to the Super Bowl is on for real uh, right now. And then there were four. I was just thinking, so what do we got? We got three games left. We got three games left. We've got two games, uh, conference championship games, and the Super Bowl. And, you know, when you're a fan of an NFL team, what if you're a fan of any team, it's always like it always sucks when you're eliminated. You know what I mean? Because the party goes on without you, and you know it's like, well, another Super Bowl without the Buffalo Bills uh, in it. And the Bills have had their opportunities uh, in the Super Bowls uh, before, but right, it's like, all right, Kansas City, great. Like you know, as if we're not all sick, especially Bills fans. Like you know, I got to talk about Kansas City all week. Casey, this and that. And you see Mahomes, oh, they wanted this, and they got it and all this. Mahomes plays up the nice guy act, but you see when he loses, he's a big bitch. And then when he wins, though, then he talks smack after. Um, at least Buffalo Bill fans did try to hit him with snowballs. Right? <laughs> right Which, you know, wasn't, you know, not uh, not not surprising, uh, to be honest with you. So painful loss. We'll get into the Buffalo Bills, and uh, Mo Khan will step up. And what what can the Bills do moving forward to avoid uh, this? There's listen. They have a ton of free agents, and there's going to be a big roster turnover for the Buffalo Bills as it is already. And their problem is going to be that Josh Allen makes a lot of money, and you see, like the Kansas City Chiefs, people talk, oh, they don't have wide receivers, yeah, because they don't have any money, right? Patrick Mahomes makes all the money. So you put yourself in a difficult situation. Shout out to everybody joining us on Sirius XM Channel 159. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moretzi on the Sports Grid Radio Network's countdown to the Final Four is now on as life goes on without uh, the Buffalo Bills. And I don't know what it is about the Buffalo Bills. Like, you know what I mean? It's, they're, it's unique. Like, movies can be made about them. They're a unique organization and a unique team that, like, fascinates people from the outside. And, like, that, like I said, like, a lot of teams don't win, right? Like, the Dallas Cowboys don't win, and it's, like, you know, media coverage and, like, on, you know, the, the Internet nearly breaks and stuff. But the Buffalo Bills are right there somehow. 
with with their failures yet they're not the only ones right like the bills are actually a good organization that just can't find a way to get over the top and what can they do to get over the top it's always tough when you're good if you suck you know we need to get a bunch of new players right we need to get a new coach we need to get a new quarterback the buffalo bills are actually good they just never win Right, and there's always something. Well, if this didn't happen or that didn't happen, but you know, 99 things have happened over the years. All right, from missed field goals to Music City miracles to lateral passes to you know, we could go on. And you know, Tom Brady dominated the Bills. He was like 33 and two or something, like you know, 32 and three, 35 games uh, against the Bills. It was like, all right, finally Brady's gone, and then boom, Mahomes. And you know what's crazy about it that doesn't get talked about enough? The irony of this, right? Like, you know, Josh Allen is 5-0 and in the playoffs. He's 0-4. He's 0-3. He's 0-3 against Mahomes, 0-1 against Burrow. So he's 0-4 against Burrow and Mahomes. He's 5-0 and against everyone else. But you know what the crazy irony is? The Buffalo Bills traded their first-round pick with the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes. So not only has Patrick Mahomes terrorized the Buffalo Bills, right? Not only has he terrorized the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills are the reason that they got Patrick Mahomes. Now, the thing is, though, it wasn't like like Patrick Mahomes was Victor Wembenyama or something, all right? Nobody was talking about Patrick Mahomes coming into the NFL draft. Nobody. Like, it was... It was out of, like, left field that Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs saw something that nobody else saw, right? But it's one of those deals, right? Like, if you go back, look at the scouting reports. Look at mock drafts and stuff. Where was Mahomes supposed to go, right? No one was like, you got to get this Mahomes guy. We saw him at Texas Tech. Texas Tech weren't even good when he was there, right? I mean, he was athletic. He had a good arm and stuff. He was throwing bombs. He was running around. They'd lose, you know, 60 to 48 all the time and stuff. But people weren't thinking of Mahomes was the next great thing. Andy Reid at the time said he reminds me of Brett Favre. I think he's special, and uh, he's gonna, he could be a great quarterback. Well, evidently he is. But the irony that the Buffalo Bills were the ones that actually traded the damn pick to the Kansas City Chiefs, and then he goes on to terrorize them in a fashion. Now, we should note... Uh, the Kansas City Chief players said that the Buffalo Bills are a petty-ass organization who shut the hot water off uh, after the game when they were taking their showers. I, You know what? I don't think that's the case, bro. I just think they're that cheap, actually. We're talking about an organization, you know, I mean, it asked their fans to shovel snow. <laughs> I think Pagula probably did the same thing for the Bills. <laughs> Season's over. Turn the hot water off. It's done. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The Prince, the players, the hustlers, the people of Buster, and everybody else in between. Level 3 has begun. Shout out to everybody uh, joining us uh, right now. The evolution of the Rage Illusion. The 50,000-watt juggernaut in the house. The mightier 1090 ESPN Radio SoCal repping this evening as uh, we're down to the Final Four of the National Football League. But let's start off at the association because it's one of those crazy nights tonight in the NBA on the 18th anniversary of Kobe Bryant going off for 81 against the Toronto Raptors as uh, Kobe Bryant, of course, scored uh, 2006, uh, scored 81 points 
I'm thinking, you know, it's probably people tuning in right now. They're like, what? He scored during what? I'm like, hey, we got younger people, maybe, tuning in. But on the anniversary, Joel Embiid goes off for 70 tonight, lights up Victor Wembanyama, who still Victor scored 33 in his own right. Uh, but Joel Embiid absolutely goes off, 70 points, 18 rebounds, five assists. And you know what? It's super cool. It's a hell of an uh, hell of an accomplishment. I couldn't score seven points in an NBA game, let alone seventy points. All right, so it's a hell of an accomplishment. But we're at the point right now with Embiid. You know, what I mean, we're going to call Josh Allen out and everybody else. So what about the Philadelphia 76ers? Who cares? Like, I don't want to say who cares, but whatever, dude. So you put up a bunch of numbers tonight against the crap ass San Antonio Spurs, uh, one of the worst teams in modern history in the NBA. You know, can you do it in a playoff game? And I'm not talking about scoring 70. Can you stay healthy and actually win in the playoffs? It is about winning, right? Carl Anthony Towns went off for 62 tonight, but they lost as 12-and-a-half-point favorites. Say what? Like, that's nearly impossible. So Carl Anthony Towns scored 62 points for the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight, but they actually lost as 12-and-a-half-point favorites to the Charlotte Hornets uh, this evening. That's pretty whacked. Uh, but there's a lot of whack stuff, including all the losers that are sending death threats to the kicker of the Buffalo Bills. All right? Um, you should be sending death threats to yourselves for being such losers. <laughs> Seriously. And secondly, I don't know, like, are people that stupid? Do you really feel? Mahomes scored with 13 seconds left against the Bills. Do you think he was going to score with 147 left? Mo Khan steps up at level three. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency, Series 6 M Channel 1 to 5, 9. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates stepping up and in for the last hour of the program. Uh, we've covered a lot of in-game stuff tonight. and Talked about the NBA and Embiid going off for 70. Cat went off for 62. Uh, we've been tracking the NHL action. We haven't really given our analysis and a uh, post-mortem of the Buffalo Bills. As a lifelong Buffalo Bill fan, I'm kind of numb to this. 
And, you know, it's settled in, but I'm just sort of, like I said, I'm sort of numb to this, and this is just one of another. I had a weird flashback yesterday when I was watching the game to a weird random game that many people wouldn't remember tuning in now. But it was when the um, it was when the um, Cincinnati Bengals went to the Super Bowl with the Icky Shuffle. Uh, let's bring in Mo Khan right now. So it was the Bengals when the Bengals went to the Super Bowl with the Icky Shuffle. They beat the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Conference Championship game. Jim Kelly right. and and Boom and all those guys. And then after, like they ended up winning the AFC, but Boomer Esiason beat them. I had a weird flashback to that yesterday, Mo. And not like, I'm talking like in the second quarter of the Bills game. And I was thinking, I was watching and I was thinking, man, I've been through a lot with this team. And I was thinking, you know, people think about like modern losses and stuff. And for whatever reason, I was like, man, even before we lost the four Super Bowls in a row, it was hard to get to those Super Bowls. Like they lost to the Browns in the playoffs and they lost to the Bengals in the playoffs. And, you know, it's just been such a never-ending road, and the road just continues. They just can't find a way to get it done, Mo. And to me, the Buffalo Bills loss yesterday was a collective team loss. And not to be overly critical of a team that literally had, like, seven backups playing defense, but with all that being stated, Stephon Diggs drops drops the pass. It would have been like on NFL films for the rest of eternity. Uh, drops the perfect 80-yard pass through the air. Bass misses the field goal. Uh, Josh Allen, despite his greatness for whatever reason, goes for the home run, tries to throw it into the end zone instead of just dumping it off to Diggs that would have put him in sure, sure shot field goal territory at least and taking more time off the clock. Um, McDermott's in-game decisions. All right, you know, never mind the fake punt. Um, for me, the biggest thing, Mo, that bothered me the most was when there was like 2.30 left and the Buffalo Bills decided not to run a play to get it to the two-minute warning when, bro, they were on like the 45-yard line and you're losing. Like, the clock shouldn't have been a concern. The concern should have been we need to score a touchdown against this team that scored on us with 13 seconds left once. Even if Bass makes that field goal, Mo, he's got like a buck 45 left to work with after. Complete mismanagement by the Buffalo Bills at the end of the game. Yeah, look, Gabe, I said to my buddy yesterday, this is the 1980s Cleveland Browns against John Elway and the Broncos, right? They just couldn't overcome that hump, and it cost the Browns eons of, of, of misery for them. And this Buffalo Bills duplicate pretty much is the exact same carbon copy of what the Browns were to the Broncos in the late eighties. And I think yesterday it was such a, it was such a, t a punch for punch game game that in the fourth quarter, it just went off script, right? With the fumble with, uh, with the fake punt, not going away the Buffalo bills. But in that final two forty five game, threes are not going to beat the chiefs. It's seven points that will beat the chiefs. It was a matter of managing the clock and scoring seven, and they completely botched that moment here. And look, Josh Allen is 5-5 five and five in, in, in this playoff record. He is thrown for 27 touchdowns, four INTs. But those two plays that you mentioned right now, the, 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 the deep ball to the end zone, the shot to Diggs, uh, the fact that he couldn't get more yards um, to put this in better field goal range, didn't help the Buffalo Bills. And I thought Sean McDermott got out-coached, out-foxed in the final three minutes of that football game and how he approached it. 
And now for Buffalo Bills fans, and you know, hearing the local Buffalo Buffalo radio this morning, they are in devastation mode. It is tears beyond belief that this was their chance to perhaps beat the beat the Kansas City Chiefs, their arch nemesis, and they couldn't do it, Gabe. And now they go into this long off season where they're forty three million dollars over the cap. They're a very old team at certain positions of this football roster, and this might be a different look of how they'll be now to what they could be come week one on September 5th. Oh, there's definitely going to be changes. One thing I will say, Bills fans, there's a lot of great ones, right? And, you know, Bills Mafia, too, was never like a bunch of drunk people in the parking lot. It was actually a charitable endeavor. They're not crazy like the founders of Bills Mafia. Then it turned into this big thing and, and whatnot. Now, Bill's games are psychotic, and like the tailgate, like people are really nuts, and it, it is over the top. So we saw yesterday someone, you know, set, you know, got caught on fire, right? That's just par for the course. <laughs> but there's also an ugliness to it. And I saw a video of Gabriel Davis. I don't know what they're mad about Gabriel Davis about. He didn't even play in the game. So Gabriel Davis got into it with Bill's fans on the sidelines after the game. I know it was very ugly with Stephon Diggs walking off the field yesterday as well. And, you know, uh, we saw the reports today. Bass had to shut down his social media because of death threats and just the overall stupidity of everything. And I'm not going to blame Bill Fed for that because there's people online that are just losers everywhere. But, you know, it's just it, that's an ugly side of sports, isn't it, Mo? We love you, we love you, we love you. Unless you win for us, then we effing hate you. I'm going to say crazy things to you. Because we're protected on another side that we would never say to you on the street face-to-face because you kicked the crap out of me. Yeah, it's sad. It's really sad. I feel bad for Bass because now he's got to go into hiding. He's got to go. He has to MIA for the next four or five months until he gets back at the OTAs in springtime. Uh, you know, my, my cousin was at the game. He flew in from Boston to go watch the, the, his Buffalo Bills like you, a diehard fan. And the moment that Stephon Diggs dropped out that ball, went through his hands on that deep pass from Josh Allen, everyone in his section said Diggs has to go. That was it for Stephon Diggs. And who knows, Gabe, right? He Look, he had eight targets yesterday. He went three for 21 yards. Your number one receiver has not played well in the last eight weeks of the regular season. I think he put like 300 yards in the last eight weeks of the regular season into the playoffs. So where does Stephon Diggs stand now in terms of his positioning on the Buffalo Bills hierarchy? And does, does Josh Allen need a second receiver that has the speed burst that, that was lacking? Because, Gabe, you think about that second half. The Kansas City Chiefs decided to stack the box and tell Josh Allen and tell Joe Brady and tell the running game, be this right now with what you have because we know you can't be this over the top. And that's where the Bills lack that killer second receiver that can keep the secondary on their heels and as a result, Gabe, you saw what happened in that second half. They couldn't move the ball as well as they did in the first half with the running game being what it was in the first two quarters. And then, you know, Gabriel Davis didn't play, obviously, in the game. He would be that guy. Yeah, he's inconsistent as well. He plays well against the Chiefs for whatever reason, but he's inconsistent as well. And if I'm the Buffalo Bills, especially now, and you're not wrong about the dig situation, it just seems like, their stuff and it's going to blow at some time at some point in time here and when brady took over he wasn't part of the offense as much anymore and then his drop is is not good but even if Diggs is back because i think that i think allen and Diggs are fine but i do think there's sort of there is sort of this energy in the air around him but they need to attack the draft and draft some wide receivers 
right? If, they're going to have to find some playmakers, right? And, like, Shakir's a nice story and stuff, and he's, you know what I mean? But, like, they're not good enough. Like, they're going to need, like, you see, like, the Chiefs, all right, Rasheed Rice, they found a guy. You're going to have to find some playmakers. Their biggest play was an 18-yard run, bro, right? Like, there was no, like you said, they don't have those playmakers. That's a problem. And that's something that's on Bill's management that we knew coming into this year, Mo, quite frankly. You were a wide receiver. Wasn't like the like the Bills wide receiver room is weak compared to the other powers of the NFL, bro. Let's be real. Look at what the Bengals have, right? Look look at what some of these other teams have. Like the Bills wide receiver room is pretty thin. It really is, and that's the thing now, right? For for McDermott and the entire organization, can they find a dominant number two through the offense to find Jacksonville? Just as sports, right? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morancy. So we're down to the final four right now. The Kansas City Chiefs survived their first ever road uh, playoff game. Uh, Buffalo finds a way to lose to them once again. And we can spend hours going over the different reasons why the Buffalo Bills lose all the time but it really is amazing the way that they lose because as i said there's a lot of teams in the league mo that haven't won a super bowl and there's a lot of teams that haven't won in a long time right but they're not in the playoffs all the time these other like you know you're just bad like the cardinals or you know what i mean just you know, the jags for years like there's a lot of bad teams they're never you know you don't really think of them they're not in the playoffs so they don't get criticized but it really is amazing actually like I said, like even going back to like the super before the Super Bowls, um, there was a playoff game against the Browns in which their receiver Don Beebe landed on his head. That's why he always wore that big helmet after. Because <laughs> right, he landed yeah. <laughs> he, he landed on his head and he fumbled the ball. Um 
in the same game, if you remember, we're going back a ways now, people, but Ronnie Harmon, like, was wide open in the end zone. Like, wide open in the end zone. And he dropped it. It was just like people like, you know know what I mean? Like, this has been going on for, like, forever. Right? So, you know, I was thinking about that, about Don Beebe landing on his head, Ronnie Harmon dropping the ball. Then you get into the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl, the, the the missed field goal. Although I always thought that was a bad narrative, Mo. Yeah. The Bills got dominated on the ground in that game, right? The New York Giants had the ball for 41 minutes. The Bills set a record, right. I know, because they set a record. They scored a point a minute. <laughs> they had the ball for 19 minutes, and they scored 19 points, right? But, like, the Bills couldn't stop the Giants' ground game, and it was really annoying. Like, if the Giants needed three, they got four. So they never popped off a big run and they ate the clock up all the time. They literally got, like, three yards, three yards, and then four yards. Four yards, three yards, three yards. And they kept on getting these first downs. They ate the clock up. Norwood ends up missing the kick. That's the narrative. They get blown out um, pretty much by Washington in the Super Bowl. There's not a lot of bad whatever. They just sucked. Washington beat them. They got absolutely murdered and destroyed and embarrassed by the Cowboys at the Rose Bowl. And then the following year, they play the Cowboys again in Atlanta, and they're actually winning at the half. <laughs> that was the one that hurt the most. <laughs> they were winning at the half. They screwed that up. Um, you had the Music City Miracle, Benching Flutie. You had the 13 seconds, and I'm sure there's many others. This is just off all at the top of my head here right now. Yeah, so like but, I said, I mean, you know, this, this is, is just another one. There's, this is yeah. just another one. Like, whatever, dude. And like I said, Bass hits that field goal, bro. Mahomes is scoring after Mo. There's not a doubt in my mind. Look, at the Bills weren't stopping him. Yeah, they were going to go down the field, and Bucker's a good kicker. So he wasn't going to miss. So blaming the kicker for the Bills' loss, I think, is stupid. But as far as Kansas City is concerned, they got pretty beat up in that football game. And no excuses for the Buffalo Bills from the Bills' standpoint of all the injuries they had on the defensive side of the football. But Baltimore's defense is a lot better than Buffalo's is right now. And they're a hell of a lot healthier than Buffalo's defense is right now. So this is going to be a different task for the Kansas City Chief offense than they just played against the Bills' backups. And backups and backups. Right. And one thing to look at in that Bills game yesterday on Sunday – the front four had no pressure on Mahomes, right? Ed Oliver was irrelevant in that football game. And, and and that's where they got exposed, as you said before, the injuries caught up to the Buffalo Bills and how they couldn't play well. I think the Baltimore Ravens, as you said now, are, are a bit healthier. But this is a team that matches up well with the Kansas City Chiefs on offense and defense here. This is a top three NFL defense right now, right? You look at David Clowney, a guy who was, he was discarded by multiple NFL teams Finding a home in Baltimore. He's become a, a revelation for them. They have great interior pass rushing and they have great exterior pass rushing. So the question now is, and, and keep this in mind, right? The Chiefs O line is also banged up, as you made the point. How healthy will they be? And they have been the most penalized team when it comes to Juwan Taylor as a left tackle. And if they get that one on one matchup on Sunday where, hey, Clowney or whoever else is rushing against uh, Juwan Taylor has that edge. That could cost the Chiefs maybe yards or a big play that might be nullified by Juwan Taylor. So how disciplined can the Chiefs O-line be? Because if they're not, and if Joe Tooney isn't healthy enough and, and they don't have a healthy O-line, this could be a, a tricky game for Mahomes to win this all on his arm and legs to be uh, to be a, a mad scientist to kind of 
to kind of outfox the Baltimore Ravens defense on Sunday afternoon. And also, there seems to be some sort of magical spell that they have over the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> that they, you know, they haven't played Baltimore, right? So we'll see now if this is just some sort of weird Buffalo thing. Because, and I don't want to sound spiteful, because championship teams find ways to win, right? But the Kansas City Chiefs are beatable. The Buffalo Bills should have beaten them, right? But we can say that numerous times. One thing I found interesting, though, uh, that Mahomes said after the game yesterday that I did get a chuckle out of, even being a Buffalo Bill fan, when he said, you know, everybody said that we never played a road uh, playoff game before. He goes, you know, we played a Super Bowl in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> it was That's a good life. He said, true. you know, we played the Super Bowl in Tampa against the Bucks, And he goes, it was kind of a road playoff game. And he goes, we lost. And he said, I didn't want to bring that up this week because it's not, he goes, it was negative. But he goes, I found it funny that you all said that all week, that we never played a road playoff game. <laughs> good point. Because <laughs> none of us brought that up, right? I didn't bring it up. None of us said, oh, you, you played the Super Bowl against Tampa. Like, it's kind of a road playoff game. Even though it was a Super Bowl, but... It is different, but Mahomes basically said, whatever, big games are big games no matter where they are. So I think maybe it was a little bit overblown. But with that being stated, consecutive road game right now, a little bit beat up, and Baltimore was on cruise control by the end of that game last week. And they get a little bit, you know, KC's in that little bit of tougher spot. They got to heal another day, shorter week for KC coming into this. I do think Baltimore, I think it's Baltimore's game to lose here, Mo. I think Baltimore going to win the football game. Yeah, it's all on them, Gabe. The stars are aligned. You know, you look at Lamar Jackson, how he's played. Look, he hasn't been required to throw for 350. He, he's done it by being a perfect game manager, surprisingly enough, where he's milking the clock for the last second. You think about that second half against the Houston Texans, Gabe. I think Houston had the ball for less than five minutes in the second half. It was all Baltimore, right? They control the clock. They very Michigan-like. It's funny. Michigan did yeah, the same it, thing. It really was, they, right? They, they had the ball. They milked the clock, milked the possession. Right. And, and, and it's funny enough, it, it is similar parallels, right? Because the Harbaugh's, right? How they yeah. have employed the That's why I bring tactic. it up. Same mentality. Right. And it, it keeps exactly. the defense fresh. So when they're on the field, these guys have been standing on the sidelines for 10 minutes. They're all, like, ready to fly around. Right. And that's why I'd be curious to see what Todd Munkin will deploy on Sunday afternoon, right? Is he going to start putting similar game plan to Buffalo where they're going to run, 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 run? And then the third, fourth quarter, you would hope the Chiefs kind of tire out because, again, that was a taxing game for Kansas City to go through in Buffalo. And, you know, to play two consecutive road games is not easy in the playoffs. And, you know, and think about how KC was in their defense. They're banged up. So how, how healthy will they be in stopping the run? And I think Baltimore, with a three-headed attack, even four-headed running game that they have, they bring different elements for the ground game that makes it tough for the Chiefs to kind of game plan. For Steve Spagnolo, he's got to come up with a master class uh, plan here that's going to really minimize the running game and maybe force Lamar Jackson to be a thrower. Because, look, as 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 they've invested in the receiving core, right, to, through the draft and through bringing Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers and all these guys onto the roster, let's see if Lamar can beat you with his arm. And I think he can, but how many throws will Monk can give him in this game? Will it be 25 to 30, or will it be a mix of maybe 65-35 uh, pass-to-run ratio that has been their formula all throughout the course of this run under Todd Monk as the O.C.? That's a great point. You just talked about all those those weapons, and that's what we were just talking about with Buffalo, right? You know, Baltimore recognized this. All right, let's get Isaiah Flowers. They tried with Bateman. Let's bring Odell Beckham in, right? Um, they were aggressive 
in realizing we need more playmakers. Look at San Francisco, man. Multiple playmakers. So now if Samuel is hurt, it's not the end of the world for them in the same way that it would be because they have other players that can make plays. So let's get into the Lions situation here. Lions are going back to the, the NFC Conference Championship game for the first time since 92. San Francisco are back uh, again here as seven-point favorites in this game. The total is 51. It's been a nice story for Detroit. They survived the Rams. They got a pretty favorable matchup getting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, yesterday. I know San Francisco weren't great against Green Bay, but with that being stated, I think Detroit really were helped by that amazing atmosphere that they've had at home over the last couple of weeks. Right, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Like now, you're going. Like this is going to be different, right? Like flavor fave and all that. Detroit and all this stuff was all fun. It's going to be a totally different situation playing outdoors in the Bay Area against nine against the San Francisco 49ers, who know they didn't play great last week and didn't play a real game in, in about three weeks. Most so I expect them to be, actually be better this week. Now they got a game under their belt. I, I think so, but I'm giving the Lions a real chance here, Gabe. I think they match up better against the Niners than Green Bay did. I think the Lions running game is a lot more proficient and more prolific than the than the Packer running game was. I think there's receiving matchups that they have on the Detroit side that could exploit exploit the Niners secondary. Who you know, you know, we spoke about this in weeks past that you know San Fran's front seven is, is top notch, but it's their back four that has been the weak link that they can give up a big play as they did. So I think in this situation now, for what they're trying to build up, is can they get the one-on-one matchups in their favor? Can can Brown be that guy for them? Can Laporta, who's been banged up, be that guy for them? If they get those one-on-ones, Gabe, I'm giving the, the, the Goff-led offense a chance to keep this Lions team in this fourth quarter, and that's where you can flip a coin at that point. I think Goff is a difference maker. We're talking about someone that's won an NFC Conference Championship game before. Something pretty hasn't done yet. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. 
I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Branson. We're kicking it. Mo Khan in the house uh, with us. We're talking about the National Football League Final Four, but there's other football stuff to get to. But I sort of feel you, Mo. I agree with you as far as the Baltimore Ravens and the Chiefs are concerned. I think the Ravens are the team to beat in this game. It's it's lined up perfectly for them, and I think the KC's just going to run out of. Um, it was you know I think it's a Buffalo thing. They've got Buffalo's number. Buffalo finds ways to lose games. This, this is the second consecutive road game in a row. I think it's just the injuries, not so much the crowd or anything like that. I just think it's like the travel, the injuries, and now you get a supercharged Lamar Jackson. You talked about it. it was a pretty draining game uh, for them. Now you got to chase Lamar Jackson around, who's going to be in that whatever it takes mode to get to the Super Bowl uh, right now. Um, and as far as the Lions and Niners I do give the Lions a puncher's chance. You can't not. They've got playmakers. Their defense, Hutchinson's a badass. They're getting after the quarterbacks. You know Campbell is going to be edgy. He might do something as the underdog here, right? He was the favorite at home. It's a little bit different now. He might think, you know what, to beat San Francisco, we're going to need we're going to need a surprise touchdown. We're going to need sort of a touchdown that's not you know, I mean, we're going to need an extra seven points somewhere. He might try something, and it might work out. It might not for him. Goff has been here, done that before, played in big games before. So I like that factor. I just think San Francisco are so, so damn good. But it wouldn't surprise me if Detroit cover. Who do you think wins the game, Mo? Because as I stand right now, I kind of get the feeling that, you know, I don't have to bet it yet. But, you know, I'm not ready to lay seven. But I do think San Francisco win the football game. It's a high line game. Uh, uh, when I heard the line last night, I started laughing. Oh, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it, it was, what, six and a half, seven and a half, whatever it was. I said, it's too high. That's super high. I think the, I think the total will go over. I think both teams will score with 50 for sure. But that line's high. But I think Detroit does win this football game. I really believe that they have a, a real chance to come into San Fran and pull off the upset. And not, not because – of, of the fact that Brock Purdy had a terrible game. And who knows about Debo Samuel, if he's going to be healthy or not. But when you look at the matchups right now, when you go position by position here, they're stout. I mean, right now it's banged up. And that, that's the key, right? That line's a little banged up here. Laporte's not healthy. You brought in Zach Ertz to be a backup tight end. So I'm not sure how many reps Ertz will get on Sunday. But the fact that they're playing with house money, uh, they, 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 they weren't cocky about the win that they had against Tampa on the weekend. They, they took it in. And it's business for this team here. And I think Saffron has all the pressure because you think about it, Gabe, as bad as they were on Saturday night, though, this team does leak on the defensive side, on the back end, and also on the O-line. They have not played well in the O-line in the last four or five weeks here. For Brock Purdy, if he has the same effort like he did, and if you think about those missed pick sixes for Green Bay, Detroit, you know, their secondary is decent, but they'll come up. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a guy that I'm watching out for as being an X-factor that will have the emotional pulse of this team and will make sure guys are lined up properly here. I think it might come down to the final five minutes. I think Detroit has that ilk to come with the victory and be in Vegas for the Super Bowl in two, three weeks from now. I didn't know why the Saints let that guy go, and then I don't know why the Eagles let that guy go. I think he talks so much that 
Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. The Eagles had a bad, bad secondary. Well, you had a guy in the secondary that was good. I think that he actually talks so much that it wears out the team that he's on after a while because, you know, I mean, it's the only real explanation. If you remember, too, he was on the Saints and he was starting fights all the time during games, and it was upsetting yeah, them. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, and he started fighting in practice. That was the, They were like, dude, it's one thing to fight with other people. Like, now you're fighting with our own guys. So Philly, I don't know what happened in Philly, and now, but you're right. He does provide that spark. He's not trash talker. Look, he flipped the ball to Baker Mayfield after he talked smack to him all week, and, like, he's that guy, right? But, hey, you know, I mean, it's not as if though the Detroit secondary is great, so Purdy could do some damage there. And from the Niners' perspective, the Niners are saying that Samuel does not have a fracture uh, in his shoulder. Um so as far as the coaching uh, situation is concerned, we finally have a hire here in the National Football League. The um, Tennessee Titans have hired the Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan to be their new head coach. Um, obviously, we've seen the Cincinnati Bengal offense has been very good with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow loves them. Zach Taylor highly endorses them. So the Titans get uh, get their guy. Meanwhile, Harbaugh, is on to the second uh, his second interview process here with the Chargers and the Atlanta Falcons. We can't go a uh, conversation without bringing up Harbaugh, obviously. How do you think this plays out now with the Chargers and uh, Falcons? Because people in Ann Arbor were happy about the championship. Now they're sort of getting to this, listen. And I said the same thing last week. Just, dude, like... Every year now, basically, Michigan fans and Michigan media are basically saying, you know, this is just going to happen every year. So, like, just do it at this point, right? Because it will. It has happened last year, and he didn't even win last year. So, what do you think happens here with Harbaugh now with the Chargers and Falcons? I think the Falcons are a little bit more layered uh, with Rich McKay, Terry Fontenot, right? Those guys, the GM and pre- President GM, respectively. How does, how does he act with those guys? Because Harbaugh is that independent ship, Gabe, right? You know his time in Michigan, his time in San Fran. He, he runs his own agenda, doesn't want to ask to others, right? And you think about this situation, his closest compatriot in the NFL is Ed Dodds, who is the assistant GM in Indianapolis, who is being looked at by the Vegas Raiders and other organizations. I, and I wonder now for the L.A. Chargers, who know they have to bring in a big game uh, hire here, if they bring in Harbaugh, is Ed Dodds going to be the GM? And that's going to be key because he's not going to be the GM in, in Atlanta with Fontenot there right now as you speak. And I think for, for where Jim Harbaugh is, if he believes that this franchise, the Atlanta Falcons are one player away from being a, a contender in the division, then maybe he goes down to the ATL. But I still believe the LA Chargers are It's a much better job Harbaugh. than It's a much the better job. 100% is a much better job. But the thing is, though, Gabe, is that L.A. will provide them an immediate impact. And that's where Harbaugh loves is those immediate opportunities. They'll feed his ego, you mean. Yeah. But the thing is in Atlanta, though, is that does he want to answer to those two guys above him? And, and that's where things get pricked. Right? And so where does he lie with Atlanta? And look, but the Chargers are my- such, like you said, the Chargers are such a weird situation. You're interviewing coaches when you don't have a GM. Yeah. Like, how dysfunctional uh, and, is that, right? So yeah, that's, that's another right. thing. It's, it's same thing with the Raiders, right? They, they hired Antonio Pierce, but now they're trying to figure out who the GM's going to be. That, that's such a weird course to take. But now for the L.A. Chargers game, look, 
we know Atlanta and LA are going big game hunting right now for a coach because they, they're in dire need to bring an injection of, of, of optimism that's been lacking those two organizations. But if Jim Harbaugh is going to look at, hey, who can give me the now? It's Justin Herbert. It's, it's not going to be Desmond Ritter or, or whoever they bring in, Tyler Henneke, whoever it is. So they yeah, know they have that the eighth pick have, in the draft. Right, and, 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 and LA has a higher pick. I think it's the fifth pick, whatever it is. So right now, the Chargers have more immediate playmakers to work with, although with their cap situation right now, it may not be as easy as people think it will be. So I think a lot of better playmakers. Yeah, the Chargers aren't good. It's not a good job. No. You're in, the AFC is hard. You're in a tough division. Um, the Broncos will get better with Sean Payton. The Broncos clearly have money. They don't care. You're dealing with Walmart money. So they can correct mistakes and move on. They don't care about that. The Raiders, whatever. The Raiders are the Raiders. They'll be competitive. But, dude, you go to the Falcons, it's a terrible division. It's like Tom Brady went there and won the Super Bowl the first year. Right? I mean, you're dealing with yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have no quarterback. The Buccaneers. Though. Who? The Falcons? The Falcons have a quarterback. Yeah, but you can get a quarterback, Mo. I'd rather but, but, not have a quarterback and have B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and a young defense. Then who do the Chargers have? Keenan Allen? The guy's broken down, bro. Like, I don't trust Keenan Allen. Mike Williams? Mike Williams hasn't been good since he was at Clemson. Like, Austin Eckler? Okay. It's, it's not some dream roster, right? It's a bad job. Like, you're second fiddle to the Rams. Nobody cares about you. You don't have any fan base. There's no, like, the only thing that you have going there is, like you said, is they'll kiss your ass, right? Yeah. Whatever, like, they'll, but if that's if they actually want to pay him, right? But Because he won't win. That's the whole thing. Like, you're not going to win there. Like, I don't think the, the team is very good. I don't Arthur think they Michael. didn't win because of Staley. I don't think they're just very good. Right, but, but the difference is Arthur Black will pay whatever needs to be paid to get his guy. The Spanish family will pay five cents on the dollar for their guy. So are they going to pay twenty million plus for Jim Harbaugh? Is Dean Spouse and that family going to pay that money? I'm not no, sure. No, I yet. never thought. I really so. don't know. But I no. don't think Harbaugh is dumb enough to get played by them in the sense to just to be used. You know what I mean? To say, well, we wanted to get him, but you know, he didn't want to come here. Like. Harbaugh probably has an interest in it. I don't know. I can't get in Harbaugh's head. But I personally think the Atlanta job is much better. You can win a division in your first year. You can be in the playoffs. They have and help. no quarterback, and, though. That's the problem, though. Yeah, but, Mo, you can get a quarterback. It's not hard. Yeah, you but, get a quarterback. You have the eighth no, pick who, in the draft. There's other quarterbacks out there. I mean, so what? How, how, how many playoff games has Justin Herbert won in his life? Of course, he's won nothing. He's a nothing. quarterback. So what, but, but, so what quarterback? you got a quarterback, quarterback. Like, you have the eighth pick in the draft. You can get but a quarterback. Right now, uh, but today, if Harbaugh's looking at, at the present moment, is he taking Her So Herbert? right now, you have Herbert. So what do you think his record will be with the Chargers? You're right now, because he has Herbert. Oh, God, here's Herbert. Yeah, right right now, with that crap-ass team that they have. But here's the thing. I, I think if Harbaugh goes to the Chargers, they can win 11 games. And once we go to win the division, they, 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 10 to 11 games is not crazy for the They're Chargers. They're not good. Right Every year but, you think the Chargers are going to be good, and they're never good. They're not good. I remember this year. I love you, but I remember this year. You said this is their year. <laughs> last year I said it. Last year I said it. Not this year. <laughs> All right, so like, like, they're not. <laughs> it's never their year. It's just, it just is. Like They're not a good organization. I don't think their roster is good. I think, though, listen, he played for them, though, right? That's right. So, That's 
Right. He played for them. Maybe he's got something there. I just think the Atlanta job's a hell of a lot better. But we keep hearing Belichick to Atlanta all the time. I don't know what's going I, I, on with I that. Just, I don't think your shots, though, with Belichick. I think he's waiting for the right opportunity, right? I think Sirianni's back in Philly. Dallas is out the window. And, and look, Washington, if Ben Johnson doesn't go there, do they look at him, right? And and that's why these moving parts now, Gabe, are so unknown. We won't know. We won't know really until probably towards the end of this week of who's going to go to Washington, Carolina, and who knows what's going to happen in Philly if they still keep Sirianni or not. Well, Washington was the one with the eighth pick. Exactly. I brought that up with um, – I said Atlanta before. I was talking about Harbaugh, sorry. But with, with Washington with the eighth pick, Washington, I don't know if they interviewed him yet. I think they want to. I always thought that's not a crazy fit either. For Harbaugh, if he wants to rebuild sort of a traditional program, because there, there'd be patience. There really would be. Like, they'd just be happy he was there. You know what I'm saying? We like, listen, right. Harbaugh's here. So, like, you just give him time and we'll be patient uh, with this. I don't know. Like I said, anyone who thinks they know what Harbaugh is going to do, yeah, I mean, go ahead and bet on it. God bless you. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Ohio State, like, whatever's going to happen, like, I saw Jesse Minter the other night. I saw Jesse Minter earlier today tweeting about the championship and stuff. It's all good, but I hope they realize in Ann Arbor there's an arms war going on. In Columbus, they're stockpiling, bro. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're picking Bama's carcass dry, right? And they're going after not just that, man. Or, you know, they got Junkins from Mississippi. Ohio State's not playing around, Mo. We got five quarterbacks on our roster right now. <laughs> they're good. They reloaded up for that quarterback position. Yeah, problem. Thank you very much, Mo. Always, guys. Have a good week. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sports Rage. I am Aranci. So our boy Rick Saratella is going to be with us tomorrow. We'll get into the NFL draft uh, with him. So, yeah, Washington have the second pick. Atlanta have the eighth pick. I don't. I think Washington are going to meet with Harbaugh later in the week, right? I guess they're interviewing Biennemi as well and all this. I don't live and die without every report of every interview and stuff. I just maintain, like I said, I, you know, listen, I love our boy Mo Khan, but the, the Falcons really are a quarterback away. 
and whatever, man. You can sign Kirk Cousins, the free agent. There's going to be quarterbacks available. Russell Wilson's available. If you're Atlanta, that's an upgrade, right? Harbaugh could, you know, Harbaugh was successful with a veteran quarterback as as himself, right? There's quarter. There's going to be quarterbacks out there. Uh, the Chicago Bears going to trade Justin Fields. Justin Fields is from Atlanta. Not to mention you have the eighth pick in the draft, right? I mean, if Harbaugh hypothetically could take J.J. McCarthy, you could take his guy. Or if not, you know, whatever, you can get a Drake May. They can move up in the draft. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff. Atlanta's a good job, right? There's a reason why you're hearing Belichick, and, you know, connected to this. I sort of get the feeling that Belichick will take the Atlanta job because he sees there's a lot of young talent on this team. I don't know if he's going to hold him back <laughs> personally, right? I don't know if he's going to hold him back. I would rather Harbaugh then Belichick is the coach, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Belichick won with Tom Brady. Belichick can't help your offense. So, like, you can't have a young quarterback. You'll need a veteran quarterback. Like, if Bill Belichick gets hired in Atlanta, you bring in a Kirk Cousins, and I'm not going to say they're not going to make the playoffs. That division sucks, right? You get to win a division, and you can be in the playoffs, and you're a couple of games away from the Super Bowl. Hell, that's why Tom Brady went there. He wasn't dumb. Tom Brady didn't leave the Patriots to go, hey, let, me, let me go and play for the Raiders and beat the Chiefs and like and everyone in the AFC. Like, the NFC is the clear path. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were just one win away from the NFC Conference Championship game, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the NFC is where you want to be if you want to win quick. Like, the AFC is a bloodbath. It's like, oh, yeah, we won. Good for you. Now you play Baltimore. Oh, we won. Good for you. Now you get Kansas City. It ain't fun in the AFC. Trust me. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.